Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Hellman-Dollar, and today I am joined not by a wellness ambassador, but by a peer financial literacy educator from the Financial Literacy Program. I'm talking to Sam Gruber. He's a junior majoring in psychology. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So Sam is helping us today to talk about financial wellness because as part of the financial literacy program, I was wondering, um, so what, what is that program? Like, what do you do there? So my job as a peer financial literacy educator, which is a very long title to describe, basically uh, a, a group of students and I research various financial topics that are relevant to William Mary students and then create presentations and um, present to various groups on campus and have just open presentations. So I guess the idea behind the club is to, or not the club, the, the program, is to give students an opportunity to learn from other students in a more hands-off and uh, comfortable way because it can be obviously intimidating for students to ask professors questions about finance, ask their parents about finance, um, so it's trying to make it a peer-to-peer education network. So, for example, this past semester, I worked to research uh, student loans and car loans, and then we presented to basically an open audience. We got some food in the business school. We had a big presentation. And then we also had a uh, presentation for the radio club, um, and we're always looking to find new organizations to reach out to and to present to. Um, yeah, that's the idea. Very cool. And I feel like financial wellness is probably one of the eight that get a little bit that gets a little bit neglected just because like I think it's a little bit different than some of the other ones. I think a lot of the other ones can really obviously tie directly back into mental health. Um, and of course, financial can as well. But I feel like it's more concrete, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely more concrete. But that because it's concrete doesn't mean that people uh face it head on in a lot of cases, probably for worse. I was going to say for better or worse, probably for worse. <laughs> the financial world is organized to be confusing. Why? To make profits. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> credit cards are confusing. Understanding your bank account is confusing. Understanding investments are, it's a confusing world. Mm -hmm. So in that confusion, I think a lot of people get turned off and a lot of people have complicated emotional experiences with money. They have family issues with money. It's a, I mean, it's like an emotional topic like any other, but once you start to learn more about, uh, I guess, financial literacy, you start to realize that it is very important and there's a lot of money to lose if you don't understand what's going on. And there's a lot of very easy money to gain. And I'm not in the world of finance. I'm not a finance major or anything, but I think it is important to understand that regardless of where you're coming from. And uh, it's concrete, but you'd be shocked at how people react to me bringing up like, oh, did you know this or that? People have very like unusual reactions. So yeah. yeah. And as a person who's not a finance major, you're probably in a good position to help educate others on like, this is something you should care about. It doesn't matter if you're making it your life or not. Like this, this is important. And I'll, I'll expose myself by saying, I totally don't know the first thing about finances and I totally should. Um, but like, what kind of got you into it? Yeah, this is, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was thinking about that the other day and I was, I am an only child, so I read a ton in high school because, like, I had nothing other than that to do. So 
I remember someone was talking, said basically what I just said, which is that financial literacy is super important. And I was like, well, what does that mean? So then I just read, I read a book about general financial literacy. And then I read a book about like really basic investing. And then I uh, talked to someone's dad who was like in finance about what I should be doing at my age. And I was like, whoa. It's like a lot of shockingly useful information that's not crazy complicated, but is also just not really taught to people. Mm -hmm. So, Well, like in high school, did you have like the WISE financial literacy program? I had to take that in school. And so it was a lot of useful information, but it was just kind of a pretty simple online course where at the end, I don't know, I I can't remember if it was just our econ and personal finance course that like they're just saying you should pay for everything in cash. It's like, oh, I don't think I have that much money to buy a car yeah. in, in cash. That's also not <laughs> correct. <laughs> like, I did not ever take any wise financial classes in high school. It wasn't offered in my mm-hmm. high school, and it wasn't offered, as far as I know, really to many high schoolers. Okay, okay. Um, there's no class, like basic class you can take here, but there are a ton of resources. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think something else um, – I think is maybe especially in college, but like I think talking about finances is sort of a taboo yeah. topic. Yeah. How do you think we could maybe begin more productive conversations? Because I know like it can be hard to talk about finances maybe with a coworker yeah. or a friend. Like no one wants to step on each other's toes or make assumptions. Yeah. Well, I will say it was at the radio. So I we presented to the radio club, which I'm a part of. And most people were very friendly, but I think um, some members of the club were, like, mad that we were there. Um, Interesting. Because I guess to – and this is how I understand it is, like, some people have a really uh, negative association with anything that has to do with finance. And I understand that because it is kind of an icky world, but it is also a pretty important one. So I I guess, and what I think we did a good job of communicating is like, it doesn't, again, like we were saying, it doesn't matter if you're not into the financial world, you could be any major or have any interest, but it's still important to think about and talk about those issues. And also, I guess there, there is a, an awkwardness to talking about money, um, how much people make, uh, what people know. I mean, there's an awkwardness to like anything that's kind of worth doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess the other thing to know is that, you know, you might think, oh, I have no financial literacy or you have no financial knowledge, I guess. But a lot of people don't either because it's not really taught anywhere. Or I guess I guess in your case it was taught, but you felt like you didn't get a whole lot out of it in high school. There was an interesting survey and it was asking like four very, very basic financial literacy questions about just like, compound interest, uh, credit cards, things like that. And some shocking number of Americans couldn't answer it. Mm -hmm. So don't assume that everyone else has got it figured out and you don't because more than likely other people are just as confused, if not more. Yeah. Um, And and talking about like the deeper mental health side of it, of course, obviously, if you don't care or you don't care for your uh, financial wellness dimension, you might not have money, (laughs) but deeper than that, like what other repercussions could you have if you don't do that? The kind of scary thing is that 
the money that you earn when you're younger matters more in terms of investing than the money you earn when you're older, just because over time, investments make more. So the earlier you can have those conversations and like gain an understanding, even if it's not in college necessarily, maybe it's just your first job, the better set up you'll be for trying to buy a house, having kids, retiring. Um, basically, the earlier, the better, uh, if at all possible. And I, I don't want to scare anyone in anything. It is, I think it's just like an interest. I mean, it, you know, it's just like anything. There's interesting topics to it. And if you like come at it from an angle of just like I'm curious uh, and try not to build it up into, oh, my God, this is so consequential or, oh, my God, I hate it. This is adulting or something like that. But if you just come at it in like a, I want to learn more about this uh, angle, then maybe it'll be a little less um, scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely a good point. Like what you said about, oh, I'm adulting, so I don't I don't want to think about this. Yeah. And I think that's with a lot of different things. I mean, even just emotions. Like I don't want to emotionally deal with this right now because that's for mature people. That's for people who yeah. are in a different stage of life than me. Yeah. But we're in a point, you're always in a point where you can care about it and you can do things. So like as someone who is like pretty financially illiterate, what are some things that you can do right now? So if you're a part of any organization, you can totally... And you're at William Mary. You can hit up the Peer Financial Literacy Program. We'll come present. We can. We have canned presentations on debt, uh, investments, retirement, buying your first house, really anything you want. And we can also create a presentation for you based on whatever you want to learn about. Um, and we try and present things as simply as possible, um, and then leave plenty of time for questions. And there's obviously a ton of other resources on campus. The Bully Center, which is the Center for Finance in the Business School, uh, has people who can always help, regardless of what major or um, interests you have. Um, And you can set up meetings with them. Cash Course is an online website. That's pretty good. You can check out a book at the library. You can watch YouTube videos. Um, I would be wary of like YouTubers who are advertising to you because it's easy to get caught up in um, kind of schemes because <laughs> people it's uh, there are pernicious people out there. Um, so it's probably better to start with something more basic like a crash course on money online. And then for budgeting, Mint is a really good app I use. Uh, it just tracks your finances. It doesn't tell you what to do. It just tells you what you have done. Because people, like, I've spent more money than I thought I did. And then, you know, it kind of gives you more information on your spending habits. And definitely just try and talk with people who you think are in the know. Talk with people who you don't think are in the know. But uh, it it is an awkward conversation to have, but it is definitely worth it. Your future self will thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And do you think there are any, like, realistic goals that college students should have? Yeah, so obviously, at least me in college, I'm not making a ton of money right now. Um, I have a job, but it's not. I'm not a full-time employee. So I would say a realistic goal is really to try and understand any debts you're taking on, understand what uh, student debts you've taken on, and then if you'll take on any more in grad school, if that's something you're looking to pursue. That is an, a very complicated world. I didn't really know much about it until college, Um but, you know, learning more about it can be very, very important. It can save you thousands of dollars. So having an understanding of your student debts and any other outstanding loans, 
I think a good goal for most people would be to responsibly, and if you can't do this, that's fine, but if you can responsibly maintain a credit card, it boosts your credit score, you can earn cash back, and credit scores are also like shockingly consequential once you get to buying a house or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's good to build credit early, uh, and there's credit cards that you can get from institutions that are easy to get, you don't have to have any history of credit or anything. Uh, and if, if you feel like you can't do that, you won't be responsible with it, then uh, at least you know have some sense of uh, what you like to spend money on and uh, just have an understanding of your, your budget, basically, mm-hmm. and try and do some budgeting. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on in college you want to spend money on. That's fine. But at least understand what you are yeah. spending money on, I guess. Yeah, and so. I know some people who get a lot of anxiety about spending money. Mm. Um, do you have any advice for students who are trying to save money? Like, of course, everyone is going to have their own things that they want to spend their money on, but do you have any advice for how we decide? Um, everyone's life is their own, so I can't say, like, don't buy this or that. I will say for me, I always try and, like, I don't really buy clothes, for example. Like, I really have managed to just bum clothes for years Friends, oh, <laughs> family members. <laughs> I will say a fun hack: we we have like a William and Mary people selling clothes Facebook page. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, we were talking about the free food earlier, yeah. but like, they, there's also a lot of students selling clothes for wicked decreased yeah. prices. I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I just basically try not to spend money on like objects. I try to spend money on experiences. Mm-hmm. That's like a general good rule of thumb. But maybe you feel the opposite. And maybe, you know, people are really big into shoes. People have very different interests than me. But I think just knowing what you like to spend money on and then maybe there's an opportunity to spend money on something you don't really like. But if you have, like, a idea in your head of, like, what you are willing to drop a few beans on versus what you're not, it can, it can save you some your precious coin. <laughs> so, precious coin. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, financial wellness is so important. It crisscrosses with so many of the other dimensions. Um, I, I think occupational really comes to mind um of course emotional mental intellectual it's all very important and it's something that we should all care about now not later but now (laughs) all right well thank you so much sam for joining us today it's been a great conversation um yeah and thank you also to our sponsor united healthcare for support of this podcast ways to flourish is produced by Lindsay heck calder sprinkle and myself jenny helmendaller